the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. into the 7 o'clock hour of a Wednesday, hump day, middle weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and we welcome Congressman French Hill. Congressman, how are you doing today? Good morning, Dave. Hope you had a great 4th of I July. I did. I had a fantastic 4th of July and it didn't have anything to do with fireworks, but it sure did with brats. <laughs> it was good, man. It was really we good. Had some, uh, we had some fabulous smoked pork rear end that was Ooh. spectacular, and uh, it was just great to be outside. Cool breeze. It was a beautiful night. All right. I want to talk right off the bat with you about the uh, the port. Uh, the Delta yep. Regional Authority announcing a $2 million investment to support transportation infrastructure improvements at the port of Little Rock. There's a couple of stories that go along with this. Uh, uh, earlier, or I guess it was late last year, we talked about the Czech gun manufacturer that was going to locate over by the port and bring about 600 jobs with them over the next five years or so. And I just saw a story yesterday said Amazon is going to build another uh, facility, and this one's going to be in the port, and it's going to, uh, I guess they're going to hire 1,000 people. Is that right? Yeah, this is uh, a big deal, and we want to make sure that uh, everybody understands Little Rock is still focused on business and growing. As a former chairman at the chamber here, I couldn't be more proud of Jay Cheshire at the chamber, uh, Barry Hyde, our county judge, and uh, Chris Caldwell, the Delta Regional Authority, for putting together a strategy, and they were short of funding. And that's where the congressional delegation came in. John Bozeman and Tom Cotton and I worked very hard to get that $2 million grant to fill the gap. And what we've done there is we've gotten CZUSA, one of the world's best gun manufacturers uh, that's come uh, to Arkansas, and an Amazon facility that's going to employ over a thousand people. Uh, That's 1,500 new jobs in the port where we already employ 4,000 people. And you'll love this because drive time is an important part of your life. Yep. (laughs) You're right about that. In the afternoon and in the morning now, those 4,000 people that work at the port of Little Rock come from 23 counties. Wow. It is a magnet for this area. It's a magnet for the economy, and it brings uh, income to those families from 23 counties. And so this is a big announcement. I know uh, the news cycle is just overwhelmed by the impact of the horrible pandemic, and I get it. And it is horrible, but this is good news in our community. Oh, absolutely. I got excited yesterday when I saw that Amazon was building another facility and they were going to hire 
a thousand people and i'm i'm looking here at some information i got in front of me the building for amazon is expected to be four stories with each level being 850,000 square feet that is a huge building <laughs> wrap your mind around that yeah that's yeah. huge yeah, that'll be tremendous. This will be a major regional distribution uh, facility for them, and they're building a uh, an opening and end fulfillment center for the metro area out in southwest Little Rock on top of this big investment. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question about Six Hour because I heard through the grapevine that they're buying the uh, the old uh, oh who is it that closed their big plant there in in the Conway area that made the toilet paper. Kimberly-Clark. Oh, uh, Kimberly-Clark, yeah. yeah. I'm hearing Sig Sauer is buying that building, and, and they're planning on doing something with it, and it has it doesn't have anything to do with ammunition, which is going gangbusters in Jacksonville. They're making millions of rounds for the military. Have you heard anything? Can you share anything? <laughs> I have not heard on that, but I can tell you that uh, both CZ and Six Hour are extremely happy with the reception they've had in Metro Little Rock. And I know uh, Jamie Gates and the team at the Conway Chamber have been terrific at showing locations to a lot of uh, businesses. So I hadn't heard that. That's news. You're going to have me uh, off working on that this morning. That would be incredible. <laughs> Yeah, good, it would. And I want because I'm wondering what they're going to yeah. do if they're not going to make ammo. Are they going to? Are they shifting uh, something in their business to make uh, guns? I'd be I'd be interested. I really would be, but we'll have to wait and see. I guess that's you know companies tend to hold things close to their to their uh, their suit coats until they are ready to <laughs> announce. Just the way it is. All right. So congratulations to you. And to uh, Senators Bozeman and Cotton for making this happen. This is a big deal for Central Arkansas. And and these these jobs don't pay $9 an hour. These jobs pay good money. Exactly. And look, this is all a strategy that the port director, Brian Day, has been executing since he's been CEO out there. And there's just more good news to come out at the port. There you go, Brian Day. I remember Brian Day was Parks Department here yeah, locally. Exactly. Well, he is he is doing an outstanding job uh, in building uh, a port that we can be proud of for the next uh, 60 years. Yeah, he's a good man. He tries and he works hard. He really does. He works hard in parks. He works hard now at what he's doing. All right, let's talk about PPP. This is another positive. Uh, you were pushing that they needed to... to uh, elongate that program by that i mean it should go longer uh to help companies out uh the house has agreed with your views on that uh does it sound like the senate's going to go along with it as well yeah marco rubio has been a great leader on the ppp program i consider him sort of the father of the legislation that since it originated over in the senate and we've extended the ppp the paycheck protection loan uh, application date to august 8th and Rubio in the Senate and a group of us in the House are also all pushing for uh, changes to that program to make it even more uh, usable, I think, by small businesses. Darren Williams here at Southern Bank Corp. and I wrote an op-ed about that, which folks can find out on my website, about how we propose to change it. But, you know, as you see hotspots and you see outbreaks around the country, we have to live with the virus. The idea that the virus was going to be an 8- to 12-week thing 
uh, in the U.S. is, you know, not the case. And so we have to be realistic. And one of those items is to keep this PPP money, which Congress appropriated uh, four months ago, in place. There was about $130 billion in that program left at June 30th. And my view is we ought to make it continue to make it available. Uh, let's try to improve the, the terms. But there are going to be some small businesses that get into trouble uh, and need it now rather than in May. So that's why I think we should continue it. Yeah, well, I agree with you. It has been very popular with small businesses, and it is helping small businesses. I mean, I talk to a lot of small businessmen, as you can probably imagine, and they uh, they tell me if it hadn't been for that, they probably would not be here now, Congressman. Yeah, uh, 40,000 in small business owners in Arkansas benefited, and uh, we now have more flexibility with the number of weeks they can use the money. There's more flexibility in how they spend the money between payroll and in rent utilities. So I do think it's a really good alternative for someone facing the opening, closing challenges that we have due to the virus. Did you see the story yesterday from the CDC <laughs> that said that if the uh, mortality rate falls very much more uh, from the uh, uh, COVID-19 that we will be out of epidemic status here in the United States. Well, that's encouraging. And look, that's what, you know, I'm not going to practice doctor. The TV is filled every night with people who are practicing <laughs> medicine. <laughs> I it's get the truth. Sick, tired of it. All these people think they know what's going to happen and know this and know that. But the one thing we do see is that we have so many infections now in the country, we're beginning to see the real statistics, and the mm-hmm. testing helps, too. And between the, the mass testing across the country and the infections, we're seeing the true uh, impact of this. So uh, uh, Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA uh, leader, uh, was on a call I was participated in last week, and he said he thinks by fall – that the country could have essentially achieved herd immunity based on those infection rates. So my message to everybody is, look, wear a mask, wash your hands, be careful in big groups. Don't go hang out face-to-face with a big group of people you don't know in a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning. Seriously. I agree. Because it's still a really uh, uh, easily spread virus. And we don't want to clog up our health care system trying to take care of people who don't practice these common sense procedures. And we'll get through it. And so we want our economy back, and we know we have to get our kids back in school, and we know we have to live with this virus. And that's a small price to pay. Come on. This is nothing compared to some of the challenges America's been through in the past. I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying there. i got to just tell you, yesterday we spent, in the first hour, about 30 minutes. Uh, I have a friend that's a very good mathematician, and uh, he grafted out a lot of different things for me and death to case index ratios average Mm -hmm. deaths per day per week and all of that and we showed everybody yeah you know your mind says when you hear more and more people are getting infected that that means more and more people are dying what it's not that type of thing it's it's just the opposite in fact the more people we know are infected the more we're seeing that the mortality rate is right around two percent in fact, less than that, which is almost the same as with regular flu, and that's with having a vaccine available. 
Yeah, Gottlieb uh, thinks that's right. He's really studied these numbers, and uh, he believes that ultimately you'll find a much, much lower death rate uh, and that uh, those shocking numbers that we were shared with uh, back in March due to the University of Washington projections and all this, you know, they never had a denominator, right? They never had the total population infected and the total results, and I don't blame them. No. It's a novel. It's a novel coronavirus, meaning brand new. But they, uh, I think, stampeded our country into taking two or three decisions that we might have done differently if we knew in March what we know today. I so that's why we agree. just have to live with this. Live with this virus. All right, let's come back. We got a few more things to talk about. Let's do that. We've got Congressman, uh, of course, French Hill on with us. He'll be with us to the bottom of the hour. Coming up in the next half hour, Congressman uh, Westerman will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with the Congressman, Congressman French Hill with us for about another five minutes here. Let's talk uh, about what's happened in Seattle, what's happened in Atlanta, what's happened in New York City. Uh, These groups taking over small areas within the cities and all of the killings that have happened now. Uh, I'm really concerned, uh, for instance, in Atlanta, the mayor who talks about the problem with that killing there says we and us when she talks about Black Lives Matter. And I mean, she went out and and, and marched with them. Evidently, she is uh, hand in hand with them. The, that's that's scary kind of stuff, Congressman. Well, our leaders have a responsibility to keep our communities safe. That's one of their principal responsibilities. And they don't side with violence and they don't side with anarchy and they don't side with uh, uh, private property destruction. That's not what leaders do. So I can't uh, condone that kind of behavior. We've got 75 cities uh, that are erupted in protests over the last month and people who want to protest uh, within the law under their freedom of assembly and freedom of speech to call for equal justice under the law that's a great american tradition and i support it and i think it's terrific but when you destroy private property and you violate curfews and it breaks into mayhem looting and now a rash of shootings and murders that have expanded way beyond the murder capital of the world, like uh, Chicago, to other countries. Uh, it's it's shocking, and that certainly should inform voters that uh, we want law and order in our country. We want a culture of life in this country, not a culture of death. And defunding the police is not a strategy. No. It doesn't seem that it's a strategy except for uh, the most radical elements within uh, the House of Representatives at this time. How how much real uh, swing does people like AOC and, and the others have uh, with Pelosi? I mean, have they really been able to push her that far that she agrees with what they're doing? I think they can. They can push her in uh, three ways. Uh, First of all, there's a large progressive caucus. They can routinely get um, uh, votes, certainly in the 50 to 60 range in the House, uh, which is a a significant number of votes. Secondly, AOC and the radicals like Tlaib and Omar are running candidates. 
with the backing of Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders funders running candidates against the Pelosi committee chairman and the Pelosi leaders, including now think about this irony politically, including major leaders in the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, so uh, the third way, though, they gain power is when that progressive uh, left radical group, the AOC, Tlaib, Presley, Omar group, links with the Congressional Black Caucus on a policy idea in the House of Representatives. Then they have uh, almost uh, you know, the ability to get a majority vote in the uh, Democratic side of the aisle. So they have sway over Nancy Pelosi. Do not be... Uh, fooled by that. And they have pressed her into fighting border security. <clears throat> they have pressed her into impeachment. They have pressed her into a fight over the National Defense Authorization Bill. And now they've pressed her on uh, defunding the police uh, elements. You know, Congressman, you talk to other congressional people from all over the United States. I can't believe that the American public generally is is happy with what's going on in this country uh, and it's being perpetuated, uh, you know, by the Democratic Party and their progressive wing. Uh, I don't see the uh, election that's coming up in November. I think I think the American people may may strike back at at the left. What do you think? Well, I certainly hope uh, that that's the case, and I really think that it's people need to understand this is not just a decision between uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump at the top uh, to lead our, our country. It's more than that. It's choosing between a culture of life and a culture of death, uh, religious freedom versus religious oppression, prosperity and free market capitalism or poverty, um, Socialism. I mean, it's a and and perhaps even law and order versus anarchy. So there are major societal trends in our our country, and I think voters really need to understand that as they assess who they want to vote for for president of the United States. I'm with you. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Congressman. Best wishes. Have a great day. See you soon. All right. Bye bye. 